You're listening to The Retail Perch with Shake and Raman and Gary Hawkins. We're going to discuss industry challenges and opportunities in grocery retail, AI, current and upcoming trends, and so much more. Hey, folks, welcome back to another episode of The Retail Perch. And as you know, here we discuss all things retail, innovation, trends uh, relating mostly to the supermarket industry, talk to all kinds of interesting guests. And we're back here after a terrific conversation last week, Gary, with a professor who was probably uh, a second or a third professor on the show here with us. Yes. Right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And today we have uh, more interesting conversations to come through with uh, somebody who's an industry expert and a spokesperson has been in retail his entire life. But before we do that, Gary, I believe this is, we're doing this recording in early March, probably go out, this episode's probably going to go out in the next few days. But we still got snow here yesterday, believe it or not. Uh, so do we. It was all of, I think, seven degrees here in Denver this morning. And I don't know, it looks like we probably had four inches of snow overnight. So wow. winter is still here. Yeah, I guess so. Well, you know, I guess comes from Chicago. We probably can also boast of snowfall in March sometimes. But Manalo, <laughs> welcome to the Retail Perks. Great to have you here. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, you know we're looking forward to this conversation. And I know we've spoken uh, seems like a long time ago. You know these last <laughs> few years like a blur in between. I don't know what happened, but uh, mm-hmm. we are back again. But if you can just introduce yourself to our to our listeners, you know your background, where you come from, and you know of course take as much time as you want. And for those of you who are not listening to this podcast and watching this on YouTube, you'll notice a lot of interesting things and. In, Manalo's background there. Uh, so if you're not <laughs> listening to this on uh, on a podcast, the stream, I suggest you go to YouTube just to check out Manalo's background. It's really interesting. So <laughs> great. Thanks for having me. So I am the managing director for Q Division, and we are a Stratacash company, which is a family of uh, I'll call them Martech or retail tech companies. Um, and our role within the family is the professional services. We do the consulting, transformational technology across whether it's retail, QSR, um, hospitality. We, we kind of do a cross-industry overview on everything. And so we get brought in when companies are exploring what's out there, what's what's what are the new technologies to look at, or how do they implement certain technologies? And we even help them, you know, select them with an RFI or RFP process. So that's the job. Cool, cool. And you've clearly been in retail for a long, long time. Right? Oh, yes, yes. I feel, I guess it is a long time. I keep forgetting how old I am. So <laughs> thanks for reminding me. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that, <laughs> there comes a point where you don't think about that. Anymore. Exactly, exactly. Yes, I've been in the industry for a while. I, I was on the marketing, on the agency side for the majority of it. And then I shifted over to more of the consulting and technology side. Uh, probably around five or six years ago, but it's very similar. I mean, in, in the agency side, you're also doing the same thing. You're looking forward for clients and brands, and that's what we do now. I think what the big difference is, is the pace of transformation and evolution and innovation is is crazy. I mean, I, you know, like you said earlier, what happened in the past 24 months definitely had an impact on how people view technology and how important it is. And I think what we've seen is the willingness for investment and to look forward. I mean, I think before, let's say 2019, it was a different story. But now I think the only way to to maintain 
the business or operate it and prepare for whatever comes next because we don't know <laughs> is is to look at the technology opportunities so right right so i guess what you're saying is what a lot of people were thinking about doing has mm -hmm. now kind of whole you know last two-year period has kind of pushed them into action and they're starting to be more open about innovation and so where do you see a lot of that change coming in? What, what aspects of retail do you see that impacting? Supply chain, of course, really important. Definitely customer experience now that everyone wants. I mean, I think we've seen the fits and starts of everybody wanting to come back out into the world. I, I, I know that e-commerce has done really well, but I think we've plateaued and now people are like, I want to have a physical retail experience as well. In general, they want physical experiences, right? We've been yeah. cooped up so long. Um, and we're human. I think that's the other part is there's a human side of us that's social and we want some a human-like interaction. It doesn't have to be with people, but we do want to be treated like humans or have that as part of when we do the transactions. I do think that delivery, maybe delivery speed, those kind of expectations are all over the board. I mean, the, the people that are trying to do ultra-fast delivery have their work cut out for them, I think. I mean, I, I think it was New York that that put out something that said you can't even call it ultra fast or two hour delivery anymore because it, 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 it's very hard for them to meet that kind of challenge yeah. right now. So I do think that's an area. And I think I think the consumers themselves have have kind of created or have a new type of expectation. One of them is they have accepted or they like to connect directly with the brands. So it challenges the retailers to create better experiences because I think there was a study that over 70% of the people have had direct to brand experiences, whether it's a transaction on e-commerce all the way down. And it, it, I think what it does do is lift or raise that bar for physical retail, whether it's grocery apparel and things like that to create new types of experiences that are valuable, that make sense for for us, don't do something just to do something. And I think that is where the consumer mindset is today. And it's just going to continue down that road. Yeah. Are, are you seeing digital being infused more and more into the world of physical shopping in the brick and mortar store? Yes, absolutely. And I think that behind that is well, there's two parts that I've seen, especially in the past 12 months, and that is retail media. Right, retailers are now yeah. seeing how well Amazon has done and how well Walmart has done, and so now their interest has shifted over in creating their own retail networks, retail media networks, and then on top of that, in-store retail media, which is what you see on this the shelf shelf edge on the screens in the store, that's part and parcel of a, a full retail media ecosystem, in-store and online, and merging those two together, and I think along with those retail in-store media technologies comes IOT. Because now think of it this way, every screen is gonna have some sort of sensor. Or if you've ever been in the Amazon store and even some of the, the newer Walmart stores, you can look up and you can see all those cameras. They're not tracking your face, they're just tracking how you move throughout the space. So I think the, the data that they're gathering about customers at the point of sale is super critical. And that is what's driving the the further um, personalization that retailers want to have and customers expect. Yeah, yeah. 
So, so sort of in that same vein, uh, Manol, give us your thoughts on, you know, we in, in the industry is reading more and more about, you know, Web 3.0, the metaverse, et cetera. Uh, give us your thoughts around that space. Right. So I, when our clients ask, the first thing I say is I'm not going to advise you on financial investment <laughs> of the metaverse <laughs> or <laughs> NFTs. That's on you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, the concept of metaverse has been around much longer than when Facebook decided to change its name and spend $10 billion on it, right? It's, yeah. it, it was part of games. It continues to be um, in-game currency has always been there. I mean, if I think we're all old enough to remember Second Life. <laughs> and that was probably the beginning of that. And that's still alive. I mean, what is it now? 25 years, 30 years yeah. now? And they had their own currency, Linden dollars, I believe it was. So I think it's a great concept. I think there's a lot of things that have to happen for it to be the place we spend a lot of our time in all the time. I mean, especially now, we just talked about how people don't want to be cooped up right. when they want to get out and with other people, all of that fun, social human stuff. So that tells me that the metaverse better be something really cool. And the other part is, I always say to the clients, don't make the metaverse a simulation of what you have today. Like I've seen a lot of these attempts where they just recreate the entire store in virtual space. It doesn't, right. I, I don't get it. Like, why would you do that when you have so much more things you could do? So I believe the metaverse has its merits. I believe it's coming. I don't think it's coming as soon as everyone says. I think there's a, but it is good time to experiment and understand how customers want to interact in that space. So that's number one. Number two is I think there is so much experimentation. It's fragmenting the market for people. So you can, you know, there's, there's Roblox, there's Minecraft, there's Fortnite, all these game systems already have retailers and brands setting up shop inside of there. Granted, they're trying to sell things. Maybe you can buy an article of clothing or, or a brand logo or something, but it just seems that it's just say the, the same thing over and over again. I think we're, we need to push and find new experiences that are very, very different, just like retailers in physical space are also doing now, you know, with grocery, with retail, especially apparel. These are places where there's so much new experiences coming out. Next week is, uh, South by Southwest. I think that's a good place to start. It's the first time it's coming back. So I'm excited about that. I think what we're going to see, I think one of the news releases I've seen, which is very interesting to me, was in the apparel space. It's a company called Create Me. And what they've done is kind of recreate end to end how apparel is made. It's on demand, it has customization, and they partnered with an entertainment company. So this is another trend I see mm -hmm. is the brands and the they're going to find other different unique partners. So Create Me and Warner Brothers are going to have an experience, which all of South by Southwest is experiential. So it's an important thing. But what you can do there is you can design your own clothes and pull from the different Warner Brothers properties and build your own hat, your 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 shirt. They basically have upended how it goes from design all the way to production. And they're also building sustainability into, into it. So that's another area that I think is, like is really big. Gone. Yeah. 
He has done that with shoes, I believe, right? You can yeah. Your own shoe, right? Exactly. I mean, there's tons of platforms now that are letting people resell and then the brands or retailers are, are making that part and parcel of their online experience, which I think is great because sustainability is very important. But I think there are, again, other ways to look. I mean, the relationship with a package itself, I mean, think about when you buy online, it's very transactional. And then you get this unbranded box that shows up at your house. So there's real, no real connection. Maybe some loyalty points are there or something, but I think there is this opportunity to connect the package and connect services around this transaction so that it's more like what happens in the physical space. So physical retail needs to have more of what the ease of use and efficiencies of a transaction that you get online and then vice versa online needs to become more like physical space in my mind. Yeah. And I, I guess in, you know, when you think about non-food retail, there's more, mm -hmm. it's more dynamic, the environment when, and there's far more changes that happen with store layout and even visual experience. Right. Whereas when you, when you come into like something like a, a supermarket retail experience, there's more rigid structures and it's far less easier to, uh, experiment with visual mm -hmm. design changes it tends to be a plan you know and and retailers will, will will kind of remodel a store maybe what every 10 years gary right and then they'll kind of yeah, yeah every five to ten years yeah every five to ten years and it's a huge project right it is a cost mm -hmm. and, and you know what maybe, maybe you know based on what you're saying that there's there's a way to rethink uh because food has become obviously such a big part of our lives now and it always was. It just, I guess, just came into focus here in the last couple of years, even more than you've ever had. People probably spend more time in their kitchens than they ever did before, right? Yep. Um, so, I mean, I think making food buying more fun, more experiential, uh, maybe is, you know, is a, is a way to think about, you know, can we even think about a new layout for a supermarket? Right. Yeah. Yep. I think... There's two ways, like, you know, we all know about the Amazon stores. I, I, there's one right by my house. There's an Amazon fresh grocery store. And so to me, when I go in there, it's a mission. I can easily shop. I can ask Alexa for where things are in the aisle, but it's not, it's a transaction really. Cause it's rows and rows of products. There's no point of purchase displays or anything. And so to me, it's a very, that's what's missing is it's not. I mean, if you look at like a shopper marketing agency, which is where I came from, we did everything we could to make something stand out on a shelf. When you go to an Amazon store, everything has to be standardized in the little space because that's the way the technology works too. So yeah. it's, it's a different, it's like, here's, here's what my, my partner Ben says. It's like walking inside of a vending machine, <laughs> right? Because there's no, there's no promotional messaging. There's no trade-up. There's nothing in that space. Now, if you go to a grocery store, They've already figured that out. They're just enhancing it. And I think to your point, the way food is, it's a very, I mean, it's sensual, it's, it's, it's immersive. It's already part and parcel of a, a very sensory experience. You really can't digitize that part. And so you need to, groceries are challenged with making that experience of shopping, which, which people already like to do in the beginning. They just got forced into using the apps over the past 24 months, but walking around and tasting food and, and things like that and, and seeing and smelling, all of that is is something that is at this point very hard to replicate on a digital scale. Yes. 
Yeah, there's there's only a couple of retailers uh, I can think of that really have uh, sort of cracked the code on that. So Shaker like a Wegmans, you know, near you, you know, is is probably one of the best at providing more of an experience, at least on the sort of fresh food side of the store, you know, packaged products or packaged products, right? But certainly around the fresh food, prepared foods, uh, and so on. Yeah, I mean, I'm, there's probably also a role here. We've talked about this a number of times for augmented reality, right? Where you mm -hmm. want, where you want that bridge to digital to be simple and seamless and fun. Yes. Um, you pick up a product and you look at it through your phone, and, and information jumps out at you in in ways, or you know, whenever there's an effective smart glasses that comes out. I guess maybe that that can make spaces more fun. To interact with by laying yep. information on right and to your point about changing the physical space i mean that the variety and and number of experiences that you should be able to do should be more than you know maybe twice a year or maybe once every two years is not going to be that great for today's consumer but if you digitize enough of the store maybe make a lot of the the ways that you would change things digital i mean i i use digital screens as an example but if you had a wall, let's say a micro LED wall or something, and you could change your your country that you're in, and so you would highlight a grocery store as today we're highlighting Mediterranean food, and you could change the entire store just by showing scenes of that country yeah. or video. Yeah. yeah, and that's immersive. So that, that and then that to your point about AR, I think AR is a great way to do that as well. I mean, you, you can't really do VR right now. I mean. The, the examples of VR that I've seen for grocery shopping are basically grocery shopping in VR. It's, it's, right. it's not the greatest. So. Right. Yes. Yeah, but, but I, I think AR opens the door to great number of things, right? Yeah, yep. you know, I, I think is certainly more useful to a person, right, as they go about their life, you know, yeah. from walking into a store and, and, you know, understanding what products are relevant to them or personalized pricing, promotions, et cetera, to, you know, I go from there to the airport and my glasses are telling me what gate to go to next or my flight was delayed. And there's just, I, I think, many more widespread use cases. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so we're talking about things that, you know, could potentially change uh, and improve. What are the things that you think that are the constants, you know, for retailers? And you talk to retailers and you're consulting in your experience. There's obviously things that don't change that you, the basics of retail, right? Yes. What, what do you see of some of those things that we think are not going to change next five years? I think, I think, well, I think the supply chain technology will evolve, but I don't, I think the way that retailers and groceries convey transparency of what's available, what to expect when you get there is not going to change. I, I mean, it's better now. Like it's, it, I, maybe I should say it this way, that policy of transparency should not change. Cause I think we now are raised the level of when I look on, if I'm doing a click and collect, I expect you to have what I'm ordering there. Or if I'm going there to go in and and run in for something and I look online and say, oh, you have that in stock. I, I expect it to be there on the shelf when I get there. I think right. that's a critical piece now because even, I mean, it's not grocery, but Ikea has struggled in the past couple of years just because, I mean, their in-store is great, but they're 
their e-commerce was horrible. Now they're telling you, especially now because of all the supply chain issues, they're telling you when something's going to come in, how long it's going to take before it comes in, um, if it's there available or other stores that you can get it at. Like all of that transparency has now come to the forefront. And I think that's also that part and parcel for any retail type of transaction. Right. right. So transparency and information. I think it, it, the same applies to, you know, when you think about supermarkets and you, you pick up a packaged food and you're looking at the label trying to understand what goes into this product. You know, yep. You know, it, it's so, I know the information's there, but I think a majority of the people don't know how to process that or ha don't have the time to, they can read the words, but doesn't compute into something meaningful right. on their own. Yeah. Right. Yes, <laughs> so, it requires too much thought. Yeah, it requires way true. Too much. <laughs> and you're not thinking. I mean, it's terrific that the FDA requires you know how much protein and carbs and fats are there, but right. you don't know if that's good for you or bad for you, right? It's, it's just there, <laughs> and you're expecting yeah. to have that information. So, uh, you know, we we've talked in previous episodes about you know I think there is a huge um, need for providing wellness guidance for people just because absolutely on foods out there right yeah and that could be an experience in terms of being able to and that's something i guess you can easily augment with technology you're saying you know, scan this barcode to tell you how good this item is for you type of thing exactly like like you said special diets if if you're diabetic or something here's everything in the store that you cannot get Correct. <laughs> or you should get right. um i think that's a that that to me is also at the forefront and it, and i also think the sustain sustainability piece comes part and parcel with that too people want to know where food's from how it's sourced how you're making the efforts to maintain your sustainability are you hitting your goals i think that's all of that is part of the experience and that should that i don't think will change um i also think the fulfillment's not going to change we i know curbside isn't the most profitable piece of grocery right now or maybe delivery can be but you can't go back from that uh, as much as you would think retailers would pull back because they lose money on most of that but they right. can't you, you can't take right. away this convenience that you've brought forth that's right that's, in fact yeah. uh, we did this study at birds where we found that your most profitable shoppers are actually shoppers who shop both online and in store no kidding. channel exclusively because these are people who are i guess more loyal to the mm -hmm. retailer because they think about them whether they're online or in the store right so they're yeah. committed enough to go into the store to spend time there but they like the convenience of being able to shop in the same store that they like right so yeah and the, and what we found is that they're twice as valuable in fact they spend twice as much as people who shop exclusively in store or exclusively online and uh, you know and, and and that points me to one thing right which is that you want that cross-pollination to occur. You, you don't want people to think of you as an online store and, in, and a physical store. You want, your, right. you want them to think of you as a store and there's right accessing that store. And I guess that, that goes to, you know, and typically, you know, most supermarket e-commerce experiences are very, very transactional, right? There's almost little to no experience coming exactly. in Exactly. You know, and, and, and if you, if you had, a magic wand what would what would you transform that to i mean what, what would a supermarket retail uh e-commerce experience look like for you i i would love it if i could have someone 
that I could access that would tell me more about the, 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 the brand, what I'm buying, how it's sort. Like I, I would rather have a more passive one. Maybe it's someone that talks about it and it's a little bit of a, a vignette or entertainment too. I mean, you see them, I'll use QSR as an example. They do a lot of storytelling about the food, pictures of the food being prepared and things like that. I would love to see that more in a grocery perspective, just to see people, you know, in the farm and maybe talking to the farmer. I think people care yeah. about that now. Right. It would be great to have that as part. And also maybe some, to your point of the nutritional special diet stuff. I think a lot of people uh, have that now. And, uh, you know, as we're all getting older, we have also different dietary requirements. So <laughs> it would be great to have someone to say, Hey, here's, here's a, here's a shopping list that I have that I think you would like, because this is, I have the same challenges as food as you do, or I, I can't, you know, I have allergies and this is where I think I should go. I feel like that's a really solid place to start because it shows the customer, the consumer, you're, you're, you care. I think the loyalty is a, is a key piece and how you make that loyalty stick, especially in grocery, especially now everything's expensive. So I'm yeah. just going to switch around to the cheaper brand if I have to, because, you know, I'm trying to save money, but if you can keep me in locked into your brand because you show me you care and you're thoughtful. I think that's where it, it would be great. That would be my magic wand. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. In fact, uh, I know a couple of retailers who are doing some of what you're talking about, which is they source their products from local farms and mm -hmm. uh, the produce and from local farms in the local market. And they're actually creating a story behind that product. So when you look at that product on their app or their website, there is a little blurb or pictures or videos about you know which which farm this came from and the history of that farm to kind of make yep. it a little bit more immersive and a little bit more fun right yep. and i think people you're absolutely right people want to support and i think people want to feel uh, significance that you know me shopping at the store is actually supporting the local economy and supporting local people and providing that information creates a, a bigger connection than any loyalty points possibly ever could right yeah. getting yep. them involved emotionally yeah that's exactly like that's the key that's the hook <laughs> and you know who does it really well grocery is heb when i lived in texas heb is a religion yes. but they do all of that and that's i i miss that like I, you know not to disparage any local chicago retailers but it's not the same <laughs> and right. they even they even highlight local food or food truck or f restaurant food as part of their grab and go so they also show that they're giving back to the community aside from everything else that they do. So it's definitely a nice model if you can replicate it. And, you know, and one of the models that I've, uh, I think was genius is with what Best Buy did, right? With their stores, which is mm -hmm. bringing the brand into the stores, right? So you had the brand connection, but you had a store experience where you could now go from brand to brand and uh, still get that feeling that, hey, I'm just looking at Samsung products or Apple products, and you, you're able to recreate that experience. And I wonder right. if there's a shift like that that's, that's uh, in the cards for uh, even supermarket retail. You know, why couldn't you could have a, why couldn't you have a PNG store inside? A, a yeah. Right? You know, I mean, I think it would be fantastic. That's a great idea. You can. The challenge, I, I think there is, is far more, you know, CPG brands than there are electronics companies, right? Of course. But in that same direction, Jake, you know, just thinking sort of as a retailer, 
uh, you know, what an opportunity though to highlight your private label. You know, yep. what if you saw someone like a Wegmans or an HEB or a Hy-V or a Meyer bring together and create sort of their private label store within a store? Yeah, yeah. because you know the way that things are organized in grocery, Gary, is it's aisle by aisle based on category, and and very often, right. you know, right. your private labels multiple categories and so you're missing the cross-selling opportunity there if you yep. don't create experience within the store yeah yeah you know. yes exactly so uh i have a couple more uh questions because this is this has been a lot of fun uh, you know <laughs> absolutely your, uh, here. i guess if somebody could have looked into a crystal ball and said hey 2020 something big is going to happen you got to get ready uh, you know, obviously, <laughs> nobody has a crystal ball that tells you what the future is. But do you think we've uh, retailers have learned a lesson about how to be a little bit more resilient with future changes? Is there a lot of yes. around that? And what, what what's the direction that's going? In? I, I, I think it depends on the industry. Some are slower to adapt. Um, and some are willing to make these experiments. Right. I think, all, but I think overall, the retail industry has learned you can't do a five year plan anymore. At least on our end, we look at it and say, you have no idea what's going to happen. You need to look only 12 months out. And, you know, you have your standard uh, things to worry about and, and security and that kind of stuff. But when you look at innovation, we used to look three, four years out and say, here's, here's where you should be. We've pulled back maybe 24 months and that's as far as we'll go but a year in the next 12 months is is a much more um feasible and accurate way that we've seen yeah. to look at things um so if 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 anything i would say uh, if i had a crystal ball first thing i would have said is tell me what crypto is going to be <laughs> so i could know when to sell and when to buy <laughs> but the other part would be it's definitely looking at how we we take the information that's being gathered now and focusing it on the operations and customer experience. I think what what I think we weren't most retailers, including grocery, weren't prepared for is the Internet of Things in their store. You know, they they've had those future-looking stores. We'll call them flagships, right? Flagships are not the reality of the world. It's I'm going to learn from all of this and then take. Yeah take the things and put it into the, the the whole enterprise. So I feel like there is a lot more ways to gather data now that are that would fuel how the industry moves forward. And that's the one place I don't think we were ready at the time. Now that people are starting to drop that in. I think privacy also has hampered it, but I guess now people are saying I'm willing to share as much personal information with you as long as you're giving me back a super tailored experience. I think we've already seen the impact with how Apple's kind of cracked down on all of that. All of those ways that brands and retailers used to learn about the customer are now not available. So they have to build that own, their own system, their own first party data. And the way to do that is putting sensors in the store and understanding how people and what happens when they make the e-commerce experience and then move into the fulfillment side in the physical space or why they even go and what what's the triggers that's all of that's what it's like if you look at how it's been evolving in the past i'll say 12 months uh, i'll use drive through as an example exploded i mean it was already a big thing before things happened 
But now with digital, they can change a menu, drive-through menu, every time a person goes through the menu and the drive-through. And by doing that, they're getting, think of, think of McDonald's. When they do it, that's millions and millions of data points that they're gathering in a day. So that, that data set is huge and you can get a lot of understanding on what type of messaging and configuration and visuals will trigger someone to buy something. That to me yep. is, is incredible. Yeah, I'm, I mean, while you were talking, just some thoughts running through my head. I mean, why couldn't you, if I'm using the Starbucks app and pulling up through a drive-thru on Starbucks, the the ordering screen morph to reflect my favorites and my normal orders so I can look them up on the screen and say, yes, get my usual one and usual two. And right. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, instead of me trying to dig my phone in and try to look through it, <clears throat> what I got last time, yeah. why can't the screen change, right? Mm-hmm. Create a much more, and that could be a huge differentiator. It was like, this is like so much easier for me to get my stuff, right? right. And uh, Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. I think it's, it seems pretty exciting. So, uh, Manalo, I know we we're, time has flow, flown by, which it normally <laughs> does. That's one of the things that Retail Perch does is makes time fly. Great <laughs> 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 uh, conversation. But I, I did also want to let you know that uh, since you got on the show, you will have access to this mug if you send us your mailing address. So we'll I would love you- that mug. Yes. The Retail Perch mug. And uh, so you'll be uh, one of the recipients of our magic mug and i gotta tell you there is magic because when you drink out of this it just wakes you up more than anything. does it <laughs> does it make you super intelligent and seen in the future of retail too? Yeah, that yeah, would be great to have. <laughs> because you're sitting on the retail perch now right, right. <laughs> so anyway, no, this, this has been a fantastic conversation gary anything else before we close this out i don't think so but oh, thank you for being with us great oh, uh, great conversation today i really enjoyed it and you know this uh episode should be out uh next couple of days and of course stephanie helps put this together and uh we'll share with you you can put it on your social media links and yeah uh, you know or any which way and if if there's people out there who are listening to this who are interested in connecting with you uh what would be the best way now um i think the best way is you send an email to our or catch all email. It's info at qdivision.us. You can follow me on Twitter, Manolo underscore Almagro. And if you want to see all the different types of food I eat, <laughs> you can watch my Instagram, which is Manolo A. So, but it was great to be on the show. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Make sure to join us every Monday and connect with us at The Retail Perch on Instagram and Facebook. And if you have any questions, feel free to email us at theretailperch at birdseye.com. Until next time, this is Shaker. And this is Gary, signing off.